Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to Refuge Church Online. Uh, we're so glad that you chose to uh, join us today. Uh, if this is your first time with us or, or whether you've been with us uh, for quite a while, we're just thankful uh, to have you tuning in uh, to this message. Uh, if you would, go ahead and share this message out with, with others. Uh, if that's something you're able to do through Facebook, through YouTube, or listening on Spotify. Uh, but today, I'm excited to begin a five-week message series entitled, God's Dream, His Church. Uh, the title of this series is, is God's Dream, His Church. You see, God has a dream for each of us and His church, but you've got to understand that dream, and you've got to embrace that dream. In fact, first, you've got to even make sure that you're on God's team. I can assure you that this series and even today's message, it will change the way you think about church. It doesn't matter uh, if you've never been in a church or if you've gone to church all of your life. You're going to discover why the church is a really, really big deal. Uh, the church, it is critical in discovering and living out your God-given purpose, as well as helping others discover and live out their God-given purpose. Today, I'll be sharing a message that will lay a foundation for this series as we look at a message I've entitled, The Church Is. We're going to look at what the church is, and we're going to look at what the church is not. Let's, let us pray right now. Dearly Father God, open our ears that we might hear, open our eyes that we might see, and open our hearts that we might receive and respond uh, to, to what you communicate to us. In Jesus' mighty name I do pray. Amen. Now, God has led me to share with you specifically seven things that you and I need to understand about the church as it pertains to us as well as what it pertains to uh, for others. So let's start off with just a general definition of the church. Uh, the first thing you need to see is that the church is a family of believers who know Jesus Christ as their Savior and Lord. The church is a family of believers who know Jesus Christ as their Savior and their Lord. The church, I want you to hear this part. This is, this is critical. It sets the whole framework. The church is about a people, not a place. We may have a place that we meet, but most of all, the church is a, a people, not a structure, not a building. It's, it's, it's a building of people. Listen, the church is made up of God's people who have confessed Jesus Christ as their Savior and their Lord. Romans 10, 9 says, If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Listen, when we choose to become a Christ follower, we become an instant member of God's family, what's referred to as the body of Christ, what is also referred to as the church. Ephesians 1.5 says God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. Listen, God calls each of us not to a religion, but into a personal relationship with him through his son, Jesus Christ. And it's through this relationship that we find God's peace, God's purpose, and hope, and we find our brand new extended family in Christ. 1 Corinthians 1.9 says, God is faithful, 
who has called you in to fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Listen, through Jesus, we as believers, we have this special relationship. We are able to have this close intimacy with God the Father, God our Creator, and we are also able to have this awesome fellowship called the church. The Bible says that we actually become spiritual brothers and sisters in Christ. So if you don't have any uh, siblings biologically, you do in Christ have many, many, many siblings, um, brothers and sisters in Christ. Hebrews 2.11 says, so now Jesus and the ones he makes holy have the same father. That is why Jesus is not ashamed to call them his brothers and sisters. Now listen, there's two perspectives of the church. Uh, there is the universal church, which is believers everywhere, all throughout the world who confess Jesus Christ as their Savior and Lord. And then the Bible most of all refers to in Scripture about localized bodies of believers, localized church fellowships, and the significance of us being plugged into one of those. Listen, in the book of Acts, we see clearly how our relationship with Jesus and our decision to make Jesus our Savior and our Lord, it instantly adds us to God's church family. Acts chapter 2, verse 36 through 41. It says, God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, to be both Lord and Messiah. Each of you must repent of your sins and, and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And then listen to what it says happened with those who believed. It says, those who believed what Peter said, they were baptized and added to the church that day about 3,000 in all. Listen, baptism, it's not, uh, it's not what saves you, but it is a, a symbol of what has changed within you and the fact that Christ has saved you and, and you've been washed in the blood of the Lamb and that you are now a child of God. You are now a, a sister or a brother in Christ. You're now a part of the church. Listen, through that one decision to confess Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord, we were changed from the inside out. God's Holy Spirit, the Bible says, comes to live within us. And that Holy Spirit is what empowers us to live out the life that God calls us to. We are forgiven of our sin and we are destined for eternity in heaven. And we now have this extended family called the church. Why? Because we are, have been spiritually reborn through faith in Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. We become a, a spiritually reborn child of God. Everybody's been created by God, but not everybody has been spiritually reborn and become a, a child of God and a part of God's family, the church. John 1.12 says, But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. But secondly, you need to know this. The church is made up of sinners saved by grace who are called to follow a perfect Savior. The church, it is made up of sinners saved by grace who are called to follow a perfect Savior. The, the, the Greek word uh, for church is ekklesia. It means uh, the called out ones. Listen, the church is people who have been called out and called together for a purpose, for a purpose greater than us. Listen, you need to understand that there will never be a perfect church. Some of you need to hear that because some of you are looking for a perfect church 
and there is no perfect church because uh, every church is full of imperfect people, me being one of them. The only difference is, is that, that, you know, one sinner has been saved by grace and has been called out to live in a different way and to march to the beat of a different drummer. Listen, this is why Scripture says don't fix your faith on people. Keep your faith fixed on Jesus. Listen, people will let you down. People will change. They will come. They will go. But Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Listen, the church, it is full of real people with real problems, but also those who have found a real Jesus. Listen, as the church, we have been called out of darkness to live as children of light to literally be the arms, the feet, and the body of Christ. I want you to hear that. We have been called out of darkness to now be God's light to those who are still living in darkness. Ephesians chapter 2, looking at verses 1 through 10, it says, Once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins. You used to live in sin just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil. But God is so rich in mercy, and he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. Verse 8 says, God saved you by his grace when you believed, and you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done so that none of us can boast about it. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things that he planned for us long ago. Listen, you need to hear this. Never boast whenever you're sharing your testimony of, of how you came to Christ and the fact that you are now a Christian and saved. Never boast as if it's something you've done, but, but boast in that it is what Christ has done despite you and for you. And all you chose to do was admit your sin, believe in Jesus Christ's death, burial, and resurrection for the forgiveness of your sin, and you made Jesus the Lord of your life. And then notice it said, he's created us anew. So we're, we, we are different. We might not look different all the time. We may still have our sinful nature, but we now have the Spirit of God living within us, and that's what makes us different. It sets us apart. An a, a average person may have guilt over certain things they do or, or, or don't do, but a, a child of God, because of the Holy Spirit living within us, we have conviction about what we should do or what we shouldn't do. But notice it says that, that he's created us anew so that we can do the good things that he planned for us long ago. Listen, a person can't even begin to discover all God has planned for them until they have confessed Jesus Christ as their Savior and Lord, until they realize that, listen, everything begins and ends with him. Listen, Jesus not only saves us, but he calls us to follow him. Luke 9, 23, Jesus said, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross daily, and follow me. If you were to ask me, what is the crossroads that that's a lot of people are just stuck at in their spiritual walk? It's the fact that, that yes, they, they want Jesus to save them, but they aren't willing to surrender everything. You have to do, as the old familiar hymn always said, I surrender all, all to Jesus, I surrender. Until you get to the point of surrender, don't expect to see all that God has planned for you. But thirdly, 
You need to know that the church is about carrying out God's mission, not creating a members-only club. The church is about carrying out God's mission, not creating a members-only club. Listen, that matters a whole lot to us here at Refuge Church. There's 200 churches, believe it or not, in this county, and we're not trying to duplicate any of them. Refuge Church was started with the lost and the unchurched in mind. By the way, 30,000 out of 39,000 people in this county alone don't go to a church anywhere. And Refuge Church always has those people in mind. Listen, at least seven out of 10 people living in this world today, they are spiritually lost and they are not a part of any local church. Refuge Church aims to change that day by day by day. And how do we do that? By taking on and having the same attitude of Christ who had compassion towards people who were far from God, but still dearly loved by God. Look at Matthew 9, 36 through 38. It says, when Jesus saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. I want you to hear this. Listen, our church is in a, in a season right now, not of idleness, but in, in preparing and allowing God to prepare us for, for leveling up and for taking this church to a whole new level, something that, that many churches never see, we're going to see going into the fall of this year. And right now, we're just trying to, to invite and, and gather together anybody who wants to partner with us and become one of the workers and get on board with the mission because I'm telling you, listen, the opportunities are endless, but the workers are few, just as Jesus said. We have to have compassion on these people. Listen, some of these people are our family. Some of these people are our friends. Some of these people are total strangers, but each of them Jesus died for, and he wants us to go and do all we can to reach him. Listen, God has chosen every believer and called every believer to love God, to love people, and to share Jesus with the world. Listen, to love people, you have to be willing to love people where they are. You have to be willing to get messy. You have to be willing to get out of your comfort zone. And by the way, you have to be willing to get outside the walls of the church and meet them on their front porch. Jesus, he, he, he's, he's chosen you. He's chosen me in Christ. John 15, 16 says, you didn't choose me. I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit. I ask you, how many people are finding Christ because of the path that you're leading them towards? The church is God's plan for reaching a lost world. If you call yourself a Christ follower, you are the church. You are the called out ones. You are now called to be his ambassador. But fourthly, the church, it is more than another organization, but it is called to take hope to the world. The church, it is more than just another organization, but it is called to take hope to the world. The church isn't the hope of the world, but the church is called to point people to the hope of the world. Listen, we aren't meant to just be some organization that is open on Sundays. 
We are called to be a living body of Christ, a living organism that is making a difference Monday through Sunday, wherever we live, work, or play. Each of us have found eternal hope in Christ. If you believe in that hope, and if you understand the power of that hope, you understand that there's nothing more important that you could ever share with someone than Jesus. Hebrews 6.19 in the Passion Translation says, We have this certain hope like a strong, unbreakable anchor holding our souls to God himself. Our anchor of hope is, is fastened to the mercy seat, which sits in the heavenly realm beyond the sacred threshold. Listen, God makes it clear. He wants everyone in this world to have this same hope that we, by grace through faith, have found. 1 Timothy 2.4 says, God wants everyone to be saved and to know the whole truth. You should not be able to lay your head down at night and not, not pray for and care about a lost world. Because the person who's lost, how would they not want to take their life in this lost, wandering world? John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. By the way, here at Refuge Church, we're not just trying to reach people in Cotterton County or in the state of South Carolina, but we want to reach people all throughout the United States and we want to reach people throughout and all the nations. We are planning and, and seeking to put forth and, and build partnerships with those who, apart from, from us reaching out, would not be introduced to Jesus Christ. Because Matthew 28, 19 through 20 says, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. I want you to hear what it's all about and what it will always be about is, is going and reaching that next lost soul. But verse 20 says, teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you and be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Now listen, some of you listening right now, um, I've, I've had the opportunity to pour in your life for quite some time. You need to make sure that you're pouring into someone else's life. I'm seeking to teach you what God is teaching me in hopes that you'll join me in reaching a lost world. Listen, the church is meant to be the hope that people are looking for. The church, when it's, when it's being what it should be, is pointing people to hope. But fifthly, you need to know the church is not about getting people to look at us, but doing all we can to point others to Jesus. The church is not about getting people to look at us, but doing all we can to point others to Jesus. Listen, as Christians which means little Christ, as the church, as the body of Christ, brothers and sisters in Christ. We are called to give our lives to Christ because Jesus Christ gave his life for us. The apostle Paul said in Galatians 2.20, he says, my old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. One of the things you have to understand, and it takes a while, it's kind of like learning how to ride a bike for the first time, that in Christ, you have to learn how to let God work on you and through you. 
It's not that you do the work of God. It's that you get out of God's way and allow God to work on you and work through you. Listen, whenever we do anything, we should ask ourselves, will this bring glory to God? Will this point others to Jesus? Because our purpose is to point other people to Jesus at all times. John 3, verse 30 says, he must become greater and greater and I must become less and less. Somebody needs to hear that right now because you're in God's way. You're full of yourself, not full of Christ. It's not a matter of how many scriptures you can quote. It's not a matter of how long you've been in church, but are you becoming less and less and is Christ becoming greater and greater in your life? That is the sign of spiritual growth. Here at Refuge, we are focused on loving and lifting and leading people to Jesus any way we possibly can. We want to do anything short of sin in hopes of reaching one more person for Christ. Because everything we say and do is supposed to be about, about Jesus. It's all about Jesus, not us. John 1:12, Jesus says, And when I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw all people to myself. Listen, it's not our job to save people because we can't save people. It is our job to embody Christ and to elevate Christ and to point people to Christ. Don't be the reason that someone else has turned off from the church and the message of Jesus Christ and Christians. Listen, why should we keep making such a big deal about Jesus? Acts chapter 4, verse 11 through 12. It says, Jesus is the stone you builders rejected which has become the cornerstone of the church. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. No, all religions are not the same. No, all churches or so-called missions aren't the same. Without Jesus, it's all just a religion. Only through Jesus can we have a relationship with God and can we have eternal promise from God. Listen, if you believe that Jesus is the only way to heaven, then why aren't you telling every family, friend, or even total stranger that you encounter about him? Romans 10, 14 through 15 challenges us. It says, but how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? Quit praying for your friend to find Christ. Be willing to be the vessel that points them to Christ. Verse 15 says, and how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? That is why the scriptures say, how beautiful are the feet of messengers who bring good news. The reason I don't ever apologize for talking about Jesus in the right way to someone is because I know Jesus is the best thing since sliced bread. And I know that if I don't leave anything else but, that, but a, a better impression of understanding God's love and Jesus' sacrifice on that cross, I have left that person with hope. Listen, the church has to continue to be the church. Jesus has to continue to be preached and shared because Jesus is the only sure hope for all of mankind. Listen, if your loved ones don't know Jesus, it doesn't matter how the preacher preaches their funeral, they're not going to see heaven, but they are going to see this reality called hell. There should be this urgency because Jesus, it, it, he is the key to hope in this life and the life to come. But number six, you need to know that the church is dearly loved by Jesus and should be dearly loved by us too. 
the church. It is dearly loved by Jesus, and it should be dearly loved by us too. I want to make a huge confession to you. This is my second church, okay, that, that God has led me to start literally from the ground up. Just my wife and I and, and, and kids, and, and, and us just saying, okay, God, you know, um, you've led us to, to start this church in Walterboro. You, you're putting it on my heart. Um, I used to say I, I, could, I could hear the voices of thousands of souls that were just desperate for what I knew God wanted us to, to um, be a part of starting uh, here at Refuge Church. But I have to help you understand that me and the church have had a wrestling match most of the time in the past. I've dealt with church hurt. I've been disappointed. I've, I've seen people not embody Christ. I've seen enough reasons and human excuses to, to run away from the church myself. And, and sometimes I was just going through the motions of it. You know, I'm going, okay, well, you know what? I know God's called me to pastor, but man, you know, I, I really don't love this church thing that much. And, and a lot of times uh, church would, would just feel more like a, a job instead of a, a joy. But I finally realized that the church matters so much, so much more than I was, I was giving it credit. The church, it is Jesus's bride. Jesus loves the church more than anything because he loves people more than anything. He loves his, his children and he loves those who he wants to call him their Savior and Lord. Listen, Jesus loved the church so much that he was willing to die for it. And he did. Ephesians 5, 25 through 27 says, Christ loved the church. He gave up his life for her to make her holy and clean washed by the cleansing of God's word. He did this to present her to himself as a glorious church without spot or wrinkle or any other blemish. Instead, she will be holy and without fault. Listen, we show our love for the church by our love for one another. We show our love for the church by seeking to play our part in it. We show our love to the church by being committed to a local body of believers. Listen, you can't separate Jesus from the church. I don't care what argument you want to bring to me. You can say you and Jesus got your own thing going, but I'm telling you right now, Jesus and the church can't be separated because they work in tandem with one another. Listen, Jesus died for the church. Jesus created the church, and Jesus calls us to come together and be the church. A Christian who is not committed to a local church is like a fish out of water, just flipping and flopping. You can't live your Christian life to the fullest. You can't be all that God would have you to be apart from being a part of a local fellowship of believers called the church because it's not how it's supposed to be. You can't be all that God created you to be except to be in, in, in unity and walking in Christ. Listen, as brothers and sisters, we're able to encourage one another. We're able to sometimes um, correct one another and, and open the eyes of one another. Listen, no matter how times change, the church must come together. In fact, more than ever, the church must rise up. The Christian body of Christ must understand that this mission is more critical than it's ever been. And we've only got so much time to do God's work to carry out his mission and to encourage each other through and to keep the faith. 
Hebrews 10, 24 through 25 says, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and, and good works. Let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Now, obviously here at Refuge, we, we have a lot of different ways that we get the church out to different people. And I realize that because of different limitations, many people have had to um, only kind of have church uh, watching the screen as, as, as many of you um, are doing right now. But I want you to understand, you need to do everything you possibly, possibly can to, to unite with others and get connected to a local church the best you possibly can. We have to look for, one away, for ways to, to keep rallying and connecting together. We need to not use this excuse that since we're living in a different day and time where we have this access and that access, that does not change the fact that all of us have times where we need Jesus with skin. And that's what the church is to one another. That's what the church is called to be out there in the world. But last but not least, the church is an unstoppable force when its foundation is Jesus. The church, it is an unstoppable force when its foundation is Jesus. Listen to what uh, Jesus told Simon Peter. Matthew 16, 16 through 18. Simon Peter answered, listen to this key phrase. He said, you are the Messiah, the Son of of the living God. He was talking to Jesus. He said, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Jesus replied, you are blessed, Simon, son of John, because my father in heaven has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from any human being. Now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock. And upon this rock, I will build my church and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. Listen, the rock is Jesus. The rock is the fact that Jesus was God's son, is God's son, is the Messiah. He did die on that cross for our sins so that we could be forgiven. And he did conquer that grave so that we can even overcome death itself by grace through faith. Listen, here at Refuge, we are not trying to play church, but we're striving to be the church. If you just want to go to church, we're probably not that church for you. But if you want to, to not only go to church, but be a part of being the church, which is a movement, which is a people, not a place, you're in the right place. Listen, we are looking to join with other believers who are saying, hey, pastor, I'm all in. I want to understand everything that God has for me, and I want to surrender all. We want to find those who want to get all in because, listen, you can't imagine what God can do with just a few people who surrender it all. To be the church that God wants us to be, we must ask ourselves, what does God's word say? What would Jesus do? And how can we do this together? Listen, with Jesus as our foundation and what we're all about, the sky is the limit for the impact that this church will make. The church grounded and built on Christ and led by Christ is an unstoppable force. I want to go on record and I want you to hear it. I know some of you have heard it from me before, but you can't imagine where God's taken us as a church. While we may have a very large body, we're, 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 again, our, our, our church is, is in the 10 percentile of the largest churches in the country because most only 10% of churches in America, 
ever reach over 200 or 250 people. But I want you to understand, we just have a few. We just have a few compared to what God is leading us to reach. I want you to hear with me the voices of that, of that single mother crying out, hey, do you care? I want you to hear the, the, the voices of that, that um, young man or that young woman who's going, listen, unless you share with me some hope, unless you give me a purpose, I'm going to take my life. I want you to see that marriage that needs to be rescued by Christ, that person who is walking alone and needs a church family. Listen, it's not just that we are called to make a difference. We have to choose to be the difference. Listen, we're not trying to build something man-made. We're talking about something God-made. Look with me, if you will, as we wrap up this message. Um, let's look at how God uses um, and used the early church when everybody chose to get all in. Because this will be a whole other separate message sometime, but, but just hear this little snippet, if you will, of what the early church looked like. Acts chapter 2, verse 42 through 47. It says, all the believers, I want you to hear that with me, say it with me. All the believers devoted themselves to the teaching, fellowship, to sharing in meals, and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. All the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They shared with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and they shared their meals with great joy and generosity. Listen, this early church, they were a very committed and together bunch. It says, all the while, they were praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day, this is the part that gets me, it says, and each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. Listen, I'll know that we're becoming the church that God would have us to be when every day somebody's saying, hey, I got to lead my friend. I got to lead my family member. I got to lead my coworker. I got to lead my classmate to the Lord today. That's the church. The church that is on fire is the church that is seeing people added by the day. The church that is seeing so much going on and God showing up and showing out in such a way that man can't take credit for it and yet man can't not give God all the glory for it. Listen, when we come together, you can't imagine what God can do and will do if we go all in. When we come together seeking God's will, God's way, when we go out into this world, when we become truly a church without walls and beyond the walls, striving daily to love like Jesus, to lift up Jesus, and to lead people to Jesus, God will do a mighty work beyond our wildest dreams. But I want you to hear this part. This is what God gave me. He woke me up for something this morning with this word. He said, we've got to be of one heart, one mind, and one vision. The church, we must be of one heart, one mind, and one vision. We need the heart of God, we need the mind of Christ, and we need to follow vision from God. Listen, the church, it is God's dream, it is God's mission, it is God's people all working together to appoint people to hope in Jesus Christ. God has a dream for every church, for his church. 
And every believer has a part to play. I ask you, are you playing your part? Are you willing today to commit that from this day forward, you're going to say, God, use me however and wherever? Because I want you to understand this. God knows those who are faithful. God knows those who are faithful. And God will bless all who choose to be faithful, both in this life and for sure we will be rewarded in the life to come. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, God, Lord, um, I thank you, Lord, for just giving me a new uh, Lord, joy about your church. Lord, I see so much bigger. Lord, even bigger than what I've dreamed at times, even bigger than visions you've given me at times. God, and we don't want to we don't want to hinder that vision in any way. Lord, as a pastor, I, I want to get out of your way and I want you to have your way. God, lead our leaders. Rise up our people. May the people of God come together seeking the will of God. God, may we be broken and open and make ourselves totally available to you, Lord. Not making the church about us, but Lord, making it about you. God, we thank you for this hope that you have given us that is an anchor for our soul that keeps us from being snatched out of the hands of God. Lord, we thank you for the promise that it gives us for all of eternity. But Lord, also the opportunity it gives us this side of heaven to reach just one more soul for you. God, I pray for your church right now. I pray for churches all over that represent the body of Christ. May we be who you've called us to be. Lord, may those who know better do better. Lord, may those who, who maybe they, they, they have trusted you, Jesus, as their Savior and Lord, but Lord, they're inactive because they, they, they aren't all in. Lord, may they be all in. And Lord, for the person listening right now that doesn't understand any of this stuff, Lord, but, but, but does hear me when I say that, that apart from Jesus, their sins can't be forgiven and their eternity uh, and future home can't be heaven, but will be hell. God, I pray that they understand today, Lord, that if they'll admit their sin, Believe in you, Jesus, God's Son, Lord, in your death, your burial and resurrection to overcome sin and the grave for them, God. I pray that they would embrace your forgiveness and by grace, through faith, receive the promise of the Holy Spirit and the promise of eternal life, God, as they confess you as their Savior and their Lord from this moment forward. God, I pray, Lord, that they would reach out to someone about that decision as well. God, we give you all things. I pray that everything that was shared today would, would um, pierce the hearts of all those who hear its message and its truth. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I want to thank, as always, our um, ministry partners, uh, you guys and gals, you, you truly, you brothers and sisters in Christ, you truly make this ministry possible, whether uh, you only get to watch us uh, online or on cable or, or what have you, or, or you're with us in person. I want to thank you. We want to thank you for believing in this vision, for seeking to, to live out this vision of loving, lifting, and leading people to Jesus, and for supporting this vision. Uh, if you would like to help us financially to keep moving forward, uh, you can give a tax-deductible gift to support this ministry one of three ways. First of all, go to refugechurch.org slash giving. Or simply text the word GIVE, that's G-I-V-E, to 
806-0831. Or you can mail a check. I'll make that out to Refuge Church. Send it to 203 Eddie Chastine Drive, Walterboro, South Carolina, 29488. Thank you so much for tuning in with us today. May God bless you and those that you love. God bless.